Then we go to the theme. child to for emergency care if they tell the physician my son or daughter was hurt while riding their bicycle oftentimes a child will break their arm and mom and dad will say well he broke his arm not always relating what happened so there there's a real discrepancy in the number of kids but I believe in my business and, and knowing children you probably have a kid hit by a car or falling off a bike every every hour it's a tremendous amount of children who are injured riding a bike uh, the national data certainly makes bike riding um, a, a, a dangerous sport, uh, but you need to look at how it happened to make sure that there's a real understanding how dangerous bike riding is. But oftentimes there. All right, April. I, this is April Emily. Hi. You taught a child to ride a bike. I did teach a ten and a half year old this week to ride a bike. It took five days. That's that's absolutely worthy of talking about on the show today. Let's talk about it. So I will not tell her name. I will keep the family innocent. You mean anonymous? Anonymous. Because <laughs> they're they're all, they're innocent. It's yes, a good substitution. thank you. <laughs> the family is both innocent and anonymous. I mean, I don't know what they did, but they didn't do anything. They just wanted her to learn to ride a bike. Yes. Yeah, so um, I was contacted. She. Yeah. Sorry. Through uh, Joe Linton. To, really? I was, I was handpicked, actually, to do this. Like, you're... Because Joe Linton is, you know, he's like at the he hub of, of all... He knows a lot. And he's like, April Lindley. Well, it was an email directed at several different people, and I was one of them. Mm -hmm. I think he might know that I used to be a teacher. Oh. Uh, right. So... Right, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, I worked with her for five days, and um, we did... We were in an empty parking lot, and we did obstacle courses, and um, I, I used the take the pedals off method. And um, Wait, wow, you really went, like, you full Full attack. hog. Yeah. Full hog. Yeah. And she's riding a bike. And she was so happy yesterday, she didn't want to leave. Where'd you do it? In Eagle Rock. I mean, was it a, like a, what, what kind of a... It was it's a mall, an old mall that has a parking lot that doesn't really get used, mm -hmm. believe it or and, not. And she was went from not wanting to ride at all to uh, she didn't even want to do it. She didn't want to do it. No, she didn't want to look at me on Monday. And yesterday she was hugging me and giving me, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so happy. It's really amazing. There's There's probably not a lot of other things that, you know, it's such a, like, from not knowing how to do it at all to, I'm an expert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was turning, riding in circles, going around these little doohickeys that I had put on the ground. So you're listening to Bike Talk. This is 213-252-0998. What's on your water bottle? Oh, it's a bike happy face. This is a sticker for Bikes Belong. I know that. I'm just... 
we're describing it because the listeners can't see it. It's a little square with a bicycle on top, and the eyes look like the wheels look like eyes, and then there's a little smile underneath it. So, um, you're very bike oriented. Yes. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, What's on your water bottle? That's a good question. I don't know, Nothing. but it's a, a yeah, but it's a <laughs> it goes in a bike holder, so I mean it you does. don't need to say it. Two one three two five two zero nine nine eight. Bike so talk. Do you want to bicycle yeah. basics? What is this video? This woman is talking about. Um, she's teaching kids in the grass, which I didn't do. To me, that looks really hard. To it would be nice to fall in the grass, but it's hard to ride in the grass. Well, I mean, if you've got a mountain bike, that's but different. Those little I mean, legs aren't very strong. Yeah. Not very coordinated. Anyways, it was fun, and I'm available. So we have <laughs> anybody else needs really? to learn how to ride a bike. And how can people contact you? Well, they can go to chicksonbikesradio.com. And they can find me there, or they can go to the Facebook page, and they can also get me in Twitter. So what kind of... I'll, I'll treat you like you were just an ordinary guest and not but the I'm not. host of uh, Chicks on Bikes. <laughs> Thank which you. Which is on every last Saturday of the month. And you're doing a Christmas, uh, I mean, a New Year's Eve show. No, I'm not. Oh, New Year's I mean, Eve day. day. I am. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, try to pull that rabbit out of the hat. That's going to be really not, challenging. You could do one like like uh, like like the through the night of Chris of New Year's Eve and take us through into the morning too. We could just be we. Now I'm trying to enlist you. Could we we could be out in the could, Are you going to be in town? I don't know. <laughs> I could be out in the community doing live show all day long. That would be awesome. Huh. Okay, we'll talk about that. You know, what I was thinking was if Bike Talk could be just like a party line where people could call in and they would talk to each other, and then we wouldn't even need a Do those still host. exist? Well, I mean, the technology might be there. Okay. So this show, we're going to talk about holiday-themed stuff, rides, gadgets, gizmos. Sounds good. Nonprofits. Can you think of one person who's going to be on the show today? Well, I know that someone just called in. They're on I'm, their way here. Yeah, somebody's coming. There's a surprise guest coming. That will be exciting. And it's a man. Mm-hmm. And um, to yes, balance that out, we have Nona Vernado is going to be calling in from the East Coast, lovely New York City. Nona mm-hmm. is of per- performance, fashion, and the Bird Wheel. She just finished up a West Coast. I'm going to do this. Tour. I'm going to call it a tour. Um, she was in L.A., in San Francisco, Los Angeles, um, doing different types of events. She had a trunk show. And in San Francisco, she was one of the sponsors of the um, SF a Market Sweep, I think it's called. It's not Supermarket Sweep, but that's what I want to call it, but that was the TV show. It's not that. It's. Do you remember that TV show? No. Should I go off on a tangent? I don't know. It was a TV show in the 80s where you would run down the aisle for a second with your partner, or for a minute, oh, yeah. sorry, with a partner, and you would try to get all of these, you'd I, fill up I, your I, cart, and I, I all I of the items up. had different point value, 
So you had to find out if a watermelon had more points because maybe it was heavier versus toilet paper had less points because it's light and it's easy to grab. <laughs> it's very funny. Hmm. Well, I think it's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I'm easily amused, though. So wait, good. what did... I'm sorry, how did we... That was a tangent. Okay. I asked if we could go off on a tangent. Sure. And so now, back to the ride. This is a... Um, Thanksgiving based, Thanksgiving themed ride kind of phenom that's going off right now for alley cats and other scale organized races where you ride around the city and collect food and Mm -hmm. the food goes to different organizations, food banks, charities, that sort of thing. So she was a sponsor of one of them. And she's calling in. And she's calling in. Yes, she is calling in around 11. Okay, which is very good. So now we're going to be, this is the, okay, so let's talk about what else we know about holiday rides. There was the toy ride. Did you know about that? I did know about that. I didn't go on that because I actually had to work that weekend, and I was unable to commit to that. But I... uh, heard there was lots of toys and lots of people, and uh, I would love it if somebody would call in and talk about the All-City Toy Ride. Oh, okay. We're getting another phone call. Um, Okay, so it is Christmas Eve day morning. We're in Southern California. The phones are not ringing. Um, I wish I had an event calendar, but I don't. I don't even. I don't have anything to talk to you guys about because Nick's not here. But let me see. I'm going to go back to this computer here and see if we can bring up this bicycle basics video. Reporting happens when it's not reported as a bicycle crash. A child hit by a car, oftentimes the bike is secondary to the whole thing and and the crash is not noted as a bicycle thing. So there's no real true, I think, honest data uh, that we know. We're now creating that with law enforcement to to indicate if a a bicycle or scooter or a skateboard were related, but oftentimes they're uh, indicated as a pedestrian crash. How can my child stay safe while riding a bicycle? You know, I think the first thing that a parent can do is make sure you start young and give them a healthy respect for the bicycle and start young with all the safety equipment such as a helmet and a good bike. And when you start young, that child will be trained to use a helmet. It'll be, it'll be just an automatic response before they ride a bike. Also, as a parent, you need to model positive behavior. So many times we see kids wearing helmets and the parents aren't. And it sends the wrong message to the child that when you're an adult, you don't have to take the safety precautions that children do. But I think role modeling, safe behavior is very important. But also riding bikes with your child, being aware that a bike is not a toy, it is a form of transportation, and treat it as such. Make sure your child wants to ride the bike, and it's not something you want them to do. Uh, And then ride with them. Train them like you would train them to play the piano or learning their multiplication tables. It's a skill that needs to be acquired, and it's a skill that needs to be practiced in order to make a child safe. What is a bicycle helmet? Well, you know, a lot of parents look at a bicycle helmet and it looks like an ice chest. It's got white foam and a piece of flimsy-looking plastic to them and a, and a couple of straps. And parents don't realize that that 
piece of foam is the difference between your child surviving a bike crash and not surviving a bike crash. So a lot of parents will say, well, I never rode a bike with a helmet when I was a kid, and I'm around to talk about it. Well, times are different now. There's more traffic. Bicycles are faster. Children are taking more risks, and they're less supervised. So a helmet is really a really important thing. And the way the helmet works is really interesting because the helmet is like a gigantic sponge. And if you took the sponge and you put it on a puddle of water, that sponge would soak up the water. Well, that's exactly what the foam does on a fall. When that helmet hits the ground, it soaks up the energy of the fall. And this is the way we explain it to children, because they're as skeptical as parents are, that that helmet is a gigantic sponge that soaks up the energy of the fall, slows it down, and protects your head. And then I show it using the watermelon drop. There's nothing more graphic that can show a child why a helmet is so important because that watermelon is the same consistency of all of our heads and when that helmet smashes on the ground you don't have to say too much to a child they understand that wearing a helmet can prevent that and if you don't that's what happens so starting young showing that it does work showing how protective it is and peer pressure if everyone in the family is wearing a helmet and mom and dad say no helmet no bike that helmet is going to do its job how do I check the quality of a bicycle helmet well, you know, the first thing you don't want to do is buy a helmet at the yard sale, uh, buy the helmet at a, uh, a uh, I guess, a, a flea market. Um, you want to buy a helmet from a quality store. Price is not always the, the greatest indicator. There's an organization called Helmets Are Us. and get a very nice quality helmet that meets all the safety standards for $5. You can walk into a bike store and pay $105. But the helmets are certified. The helmets you get at Helmets Are Us are all certified. That's a nonprofit organization dedicated to making sure everyone can afford a helmet. But also the helmets that you go into your fancy bike stores are also certified. So you want to buy it from a legitimate um, uh, store or an organization that you've checked out. How often do I need to replace a bicycle helmet? I think depending on the wear and tear of the helmet, you should replace it every single year. Sooner if the helmet has been in a crash. The helmet only works once. Once it's in a crash, you need to replace it right away. It can never be worn again. But at least one year if it's maintained. If your child's tough on the helmet, cracking nuts, throwing it on the cement, the dog's chewing it up, you may need to replace it sooner. But you need to spot check your helmet just like you do your children's shoes. How do the parts of a bicycle helmet work together to protect my child? Helmet has functions, and there's parts to it that only work if they're together. It's really important that they have the side piece on both sides that adjusts to keep the helmet close to the ear, and the buckle, and the buckle needs to fit in there, and you need to hear a snap. It's not I think most of our viewers, I mean listeners, if they are listening, know that a helmet has straps and how to attach it. And also it's a visual. So we're back on the... We're, we're, uh, we're on the air. We're on the air. Is anyone going to call in? Will anyone call in today? I, you know what? I, I have to say that I um, I just got a new helmet because I, I'm going to be like the nerd today. I, I uh, And I'm fine with that. I took the, the CCC1 class, which is the first level in becoming an LCI. Okay. And I got a free new helmet, which you can see. Somewhere around the room. Sounds cool. But what's a It's a league certified instructor. That's what you do if you want to get 
certified by the League of American Bicyclists to actually be a teacher. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, this class was amazing. It was provided by Sustainable Streets. Ron Durgan was the teacher and Megan Cavanaugh. And one of the incentives is a free helmet. And um, I... Why is that on your page? Well, that's funny. We're looking at... Oh. <laughs> now we're looking at Facebook. Hello, distracted. Um, so I learned a new trick on how to make sure if your helmet fits, which is to keep it unstrapped. It should be tight enough for you to to bend over, like put your head between your legs, standing up, without it falling off. Which is kind of fun for kids to do. Maybe yeah, it's kind of silly for adults. That's a good uh, test. Yeah. Sounds like that would work. So, um, sustainable so streets. This class is free. It's two Saturdays, and you learn how to ride more confidently in traffic, which was really important for me because I just had that terrible collision. And um, I have to say it's also affected my driving and how I look at, um, I just look at just more knowledge with, you know, how to interact with everyone on the road. Would you like a chair? Really? That's fantastic. Now, w did you learn enough to, to know how to avoid it if the same situation came along again? I did, actually. Okay. I was able to reflect on what happened, where I was in the road, and how I could have avoided it. I mean, you well, know. well, that a lot of times is just being being sort of uh, vigilant about how you drive. Everybody always says drive defensively, but there's a point when if you if you drive too defensively, you you'll only get like a block, and then you'll say, "Oh man, it's really dangerous." And I think that's what a lot of riders. It's sort of like you know, my, myself included. Sometimes they just go, oh, "I don't even want to ride today." You know, and it's like you you sort totally. of force yourself to to sort of why why did you start to ride? You rediscover that that sort of edge that you had of of like yeah, finding something new. And and I know myself, I'm always riding the same route, so I try to shake it up a little. Mm -hmm. And people go, what what do you mean by that? And it's like sometimes it's Beverly, sometimes it's Temple to get across town or downtown. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's it's Broadway or Spring or something. But there's only so many di variations you can do to really sustain something different. But I, th I think it goes back to the fact, too, that when you're writing, you don't tend to fall asleep. I mean, a lot of people take Absolutely. it for granted, but but I don't think you ever fall asleep. You can't become as complacent as you can by pushing a pedal, pushing the pedals on a, on a car. Right, you can go slow and mosey, but you're oh, still... Oh, gr granted. Um, that's, that's, I think, what the bus is for. <laughs> Hey, did, did you go on the All City toy ride? I did, and it's it's funny you should mention that because I I have it here, and we're gonna load it up in a minute, and, and talk about some of the events that happened Excellent. on there, and hopefully there'll be some calls in uh, about that. Uh, and as life would have it, um, it is it is a new year here, or is it a new year? It's the end of the year, and everybody likes to reflect on these things and have their best of or their clip show or something. Uh, we at Bike Talk like to work against that, and uh, I, I know we don't want to be the the bane of everybody in, in media, but we 
we like to show that, yeah, we've come a long way, but there's there's a lot to be done. And, in fact, it always seems to be when you're having the most fun that you realize, boy, nothing really did happen this year to you. And you're all going, is he talking in riddles? Yes, yes. Christmas riddles. It's all Italian. Everything with a twisted fate. It's just like, uh, what was that movie where they kill everybody in the basement for Christmas? Oh, Sleuth with Michael Caine. Did you ever see that one? You have a friend coming on today, I think. I did. I was supposed to have a couple of people coming on, coming on, talking to me. They did. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I didn't. I didn't expect them to ride over here. I just expected them to be wanna, on the air. You want to tell us who it is? No, I don't. Because <laughs> there's there's a couple of people I talked to, but one of the other things, and it's funny you should bring up, uh, Mister. I didn't know that was his whole name, but that's a really cool ass name. He's, I, I bet you he's related to him. Um, well, I'm looking at, at a page, of course. This is the last thing you really want to do in radio. Tell them what you're looking at. But um, uh, Woody had a big event last night, and as luck would have it, I was sick as a dog come 8 o'clock last night. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get – I've got to do something to get on the road or, or get healthy enough. And I, I got about three blocks and realized somebody, – somebody told me, well, what are you doing out? It's the coldest day of the year. You're sick. And I'm just going, oh, no, don't tell me that. You know, I think it's psychological at that point when you so, start to, like, fall apart uh, um, physically. But he had a big benefit last night going on at his uh, thing. And, of course, I found out about it about 10 minutes before before this, before it was going to – I mean, it was already happening, and it's 10 minutes after it happens. And then somebody said, you're going to go to it. And I go, yeah, yeah. And I promptly got home, got all dressed up, got outside, and I, I couldn't even move for about five minutes. So it was just uh, green tea all night. Bad television, boy, it's really gotten okay, bad. So, but about Woody's event, it was it was about uh, uh, it was a, called a, a Raisa's Roots Ride. Yeah. What do you know? What it is? N- uh, n- no, I just know that it was it was downtown offset from downtown, so like about Thirtieth and Maple, which kind of puts it almost like in the old Jazz District, if anybody knows. Knows about thing now. It's a, okay, it's, I wasn't old enough to appreciate it when jazz was on Central, <laughs> but I, I, I was old enough to appreciate it when they were going to tear out all these buildings. And they said you can't tear out this building; it's like a, it's an icon in the jazz, whatever. But th- no jazz people like stood up for it except I think uh, maybe Marcellus and, and there was somebody else. Uh, Dell, was it Dell something? Okay, that spoke up for? The, but the, the Woody event. The was, Woody event. It was. A, it was. I'll tell you what it was about because I have it in front of me. Oh. Oh, well, that's why. Oh. <laughs> I can't. I'm not even focusing on that. I'm trying to hold a conversation. It here. was about. On bike talk. It was about. Um, they have these human powered machine workshops. Yeah, and, and we've seen these before, and everybody says, well, what's the advantage? Uh, we're, we're on a bike show. What's the advantage of having machines made from bike parts? Well, first of all, um, they're not as expensive, and they can be human powered, which is something that a lot of people think, like, well, why would you want a human powered machine? You can plug it into a wall. Ah. Now we've hit upon the crux of this. A lot of times there's no wall with a plug or very little well, walls that, or, or they, power, which is the big thing. So right. human-powered so, devices. Yes. And I, I know uh, uh, last year – go ahead. And they do these workshops in, uh, in places like Guatemala. Yeah, uh, and we, we, you know, we always think of them being like backwards and stuff. No, they're, they're really uh, – if you want to rate it on how much military – Hardware they bought from the United States, they're they're right up there with us. But we we want to look at this in their GMP. We want to look at this as like, what does the people that are just like 
So you can the ninety nine percent. Let's can be power, honest. Uh, water pumps. You can do grinders, threshers, tile makers. Blenders. Everybody's mouth is dropped here looking at this this picture. I <laughs> I, I know about this. It's it's I, I can't. Can well, speak. you know what? Hit the view and it'll it'll bring it up higher. Uh, you can you can um, no up up here and it's it's you know view where it'll say view and then you can just increase it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, what we're talking about is uh, machines. Oh. Basically, it goes back to machines that 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 are. Um, Human-powered machines. And we're bringing right. up this thing at the end of the year, and you're going, why are you doing this? Well, it, traditionally, everybody always brings up the all these good, <laughs> kind of feel-good kind of stories. Like, you know, I, I, I saw Scott Pelley last night on, on CB, CBS go, it can even make uh, an anchorman cry. Well, you know, these aren't the ones that are going to make you cry. These are the ones that you can invest in either with, um, um, you know, Kickstarter loans or or something to actually invest in something that really matters at, at Christmas and maybe take it you back to the Christmas or holiday Woody. spirit. Or uh, Woody no, that's that's really too easy. We don't want to call up Woody right now. Why not? All right, maybe we, we will. We could call him. We could. We the can. There. Is this is this when we put a pick up the phone? And oh my gosh, we're gonna call out. Yeah, and you can Dude. even say the number as you call. Three one zero. Eight hundred. Oh, oh shit! I just dialed it wrong. Three one zero, eight hundred two four two four or BC. We're calling Woody. What's going on? We're sorry, your call cannot. <laughs> okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do this right, but uh, uh, I bet you if I know Woody, he's still trying to sleep this off. It's still only like what? It's ten o'clock in the morning, <laughs> the day after. Wake up, Woody. Yeah, but he's Kill. got a business. You know, Kill radio. This business, yes, this is a business call. <laughs> Bike talk is now business. We're doing your bidding on the day of before Christmas. So Rice is I feel a little bit like Scrooge. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Bark like a dog. Is Rice's Roots Woody's project? I, I think it's one of many because, as we know, Woody. One, four, one. Four zero one is not available right now. Was that Please the leave a that detailed message after um, the I don't tone. think Couldn't that was right. that badly wrong. Maybe we have a crazy phone. It, it, <clears throat> our phone is possessed. Yes, for the holiday season here at Kilray. Should we try to call on a cell phone? Well, then we can, we don't get the sound. Oh. Anyway, but if we had <laughs> talked to Woody, what we, we would have probably talked about how they get the the bikes to, to be built down in down there. Oh, he does it himself. Have you ever seen Woody in his in his trailer bike? He literally yeah. has a bike that he built out of a ladder with a wheels, ladder with and wheels. he can. Remarkable. He's towed. You know, everybody thinks like, oh, what could you tow with this? You could tow anything. In fact, I saw him with a refrigerator. I'm not talking like one of those little office squares. You know, the two foot things that look like a right. cube. I'm talking like a real. Like industrial, he pulled that side by side refrigerator on his on, on his trailer, wow. and he was he was like passing Go me up. Woody. Yeah, we're we're gonna have that as the the best of footage. And you're saying, what do you mean footage? Well, as you know, uh, about two or three, like about four or five years ago, I was saying two or three, but maybe about four or five years ago, there was this event called Bike Summer, followed by Bike Winter, and um, what about Bike Fall? What, uh, well, nobody likes all seasons fall. are bike things. No, bike fall is really a great time. You don't have to get people to go I out in the fall. It's beautiful. It was being like fall, fall down, fall. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> well, then there's bike spring. You fall ahead or spring behind. Yes, yes. <laughs> spring but, forward. Yes, yes. 
whatever. I never, I never liked that agrarian kind of symbolism. Oh, BC Digna. This is Woody's home. Leave a message. Oh, sorry, no. Oh, he oh, hung up before the message. God. Oh, Woody, sorry. <laughs> that that in myself is the bane of my existence. You know, picking up these things and it's just people hanging up like you're not there, clunk, and you're going, oh, now was that a mid eastern voice or was that a English voice? Was that an American voice or whatever? You're trying to do it by the accents or what you hear in the background. I feel like I'm doing forensic work for CSI sometimes on my phone messages. So, so Woody, you're going to get this message later on that we called you and hung up. Now, all right, but so, but let's get back to these human-powered machines. Um, everybody thinks about these things. How like, cool would it be to have... Remember the helicopter? Okay, <laughs> wait a second. How cool would it be to have... <laughs> she's talking about a helicopter. The human-powered helicopter, Judy. That, that was something that Remember Da Vinci Judy? did. It was called Judy? Her name was Judy. Oh, you mean there really was one? Yeah, I had her on my show. Oh, that's right. Remember earlier, early on in the show? Absolutely. She's a tough student. I think she might be in Davis now. Judy, you should, we should connect with her and see what she's up to. She's a racer. Yeah. But you know why they're doing that. You always have to wonder about new technology. You're and, a conspiracy and, theorist. No, no, not at all. It's just the opposite of that. I once went to materials and applications with Oliver and Jenna, who work down the road, and they always have a great holiday thing or display or something. Okay. They always take, like, Things that people are going to throw out, like uh, you know, like popsicle sticks, and they construct something that oh my god, what it is. And my question to them is always this: What are the military applications of this? Because you know, people don't right. create like these things. Wait, of what? Popsicle sticks. Yeah, there's got to be a military application, you know, of popsicle there. sticks. There's just too many of them. It's okay, like recycling. Uh, you know, I was wondering, it, can I get a um, a human-powered blender, like something that... I, I believe you can. can. In fact, we were going to build one for the, really the Community Service Unlimited, <laughs> and we took apart a real blender, um, Joseph and myself, and we never did get it right because we realized there needs to be a right-angle kind of widget to turn it the other way. Having said that, I did make something... That blended, but it didn't blend it as well as I guess the industrial ones. They actually have people that machine these things now, so the bottom part if kind I of can, falls it, it on. Would probably be, uh, oh my God! You were just supposed to call in. Oh, what are you doing here? Guest walking. No, no, you can't. We don't have enough food for you now. <laughs> oh Jesus! That's what it's all about. Holiday cheer. Oh my God! Oh my God! We have you on T-shirts. Yeah, yeah Sarah Kill Radio. And this would be the time where we'd, we'd make the Hollywood sort of, sort of, uh, the next step would be like, here's your own t-shirt, but we're too cheap. We don't have the stock here. And we give it, you've never seen the ones with you I on the you picture? I sold a single one. We, actually, it's really funny. All the DJs wear them and they all go, oh man, that's tough. You know, they go to all these K-Town kind of rappers with girls that dance. You know, they have a million hits online and stuff. And everybody goes, wow, the bunny is like, Really cool on your shirt, and we go bunny, bunny, and you gotta remember it's like, oh yeah, it's Jar Borfo with with ears here. <laughs> but but uh, you, having said that, you're talking about our our Kill Radio T-shirt, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't you're believe anybody our... would want to wear a freak uh, emblem oh, no, like that no, no, on their T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joe, how did you get so famous in the biking community? 
Oh, I don't know how famous I am, but... Uh, I think you're as famous as Chicken Leather in some ways. No. Oh, Chicken Leather is a he, god. No, he's, he's more famous. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken Leather is... Arm Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have no idea, actually. I just... Uh, what, what can I say? I like to uh, participate in the community, and, and uh, I'm a big ham, and so that kind of helps. So what are some of the, the, like, how would we know you at a ride? You're the guy who is... Well, a lot of people say, on. look for the guy in the bunny suit, but mm-hmm. I haven't been uh, donning that a lot lately. No, it's... it's This this last, what was it, no, November, or was it October? For for Halloween or or it was one of, one of the holiday right, seasons. Either Thanksgiving, that. we did it. Yeah, the neat Northeast Los Angeles because of their uh, kind of um, be, being befriended by uh, some of the artists there, and then the artists were asked to leave. We actually did some sort of uh, events that um, had to do with your costumes. But your costumes, I mean, maybe you can tell us more. They they tend to be. Uh, they turned off the monitor in the studio. <laughs> okay. That's the only reason I'm not hearing myself echo. But they t- they tend to have some sort of uh, edge to them. Sometimes everybody said, oh, are you making a political statement? And I said, I don't think so. But we're going to hear it right from, quote, unquote, the horse's mouth, which is one of the things well, you did down this year. That sounds great that you got those responses. Yeah, those were just <laughs> the outfits I, I used to wear on rides. And, and Veronica, had a, or Black Woman Sidekick, had a great idea to... Yeah. To have, because I used to have a lot more than those costumes, but they were made out of cardboard and they got wet and they disintegrated and and they were sitting in my garage getting piled up and my wife yelled at me to clean up the garage, so I had to, I just chucked a bunch of it. But, so what are you, what are you doing now with all that garage space? Oh, I have more bikes it's now. Filled up again. I, I try every time <laughs> I empty it, it, somebody says, "Oh, can I store some stuff in there?" And it ends up filling up again. So yeah. But uh, my my goal is to make a little little mini bike shop in my neighborhood, you know, like a little uh, hangout area, you know. Awesome. Brew some beer and and, awesome. and work on bikes. That'd be great. Uh, now you you brought up the uh, the idea of beer, and we've had many people that say, is it just about you know a, a drinking club with with a biking problem, or is it is it more about um, spreading community? And this is a way to sort of loosen the lips or yeah, Sink I mean, ships, or I don't think anybody will turn down a beer. It's it's a, a, a it's community a, bringer right. together, and uh, uh, yeah, it's something I, I I haven't really brewed myself, but it's just something I've been interested. Yeah, in. Yeah, this way we keep American industry alive. Yeah, you know, all those you beer companies that keep on feeding us all this information and in, in sports events, and uh, it seems like I'm I'm really waiting for the day they make it into you know kids beer, a yeah. beer for all the kids, something to keep the kids. Do I remember the little? Little Budweiser cans. Was that that was for the kids, right? Well, you mean the pony bottles? No, no, it was a little can in the seventies. Wow. Pony bottles. No I was, can. I wasn't drinking yet in the seventies. No. No, but they were around. They were I, like. I wanted to drink ooh. in the seventies, but I didn't know what it would do to me. I I got to have one. Therefore, rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. I remember the mini cans. I had the mini tabs and the mini chests. Yeah, it's like a V8, the size of a, like a little pineapple juice. I, I knew juice. a lot of hippies, too. So they brewed their own beer. And, and for years, I didn't know at the Renaissance Fair that mead was beer until finally somebody pulled me aside and they go, But it's yeah, not. Is- it's honey wine, isn't it? No. Mead is like the after thing that people lived on for years. Well, mead is also honey wine. See, this is how bike talk gets to be right. talking about <laughs> things that have nothing to do so, with bikes. No, we were talking about bikes and beer. Well, socialization. 
Yes. Yeah, my experience is there's been a lot of beer around the bike community. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, encouraging writing and drinking. But, uh, no, no, but when you talk about brewing stuff, there there was uh, Damberland, who, uh -huh. whose, whose name is going to come up later on, I'm sure, I don't know when. But uh, he, he actually had a tremendous amount of influx into this. I oh, mean, yeah. he, he's, he, he's like the, the brewmeister or yeah. something. He had like, what are they called, the carbuckles? Or? Actually, I have a bunch of his brew stuff in my uh, garage. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> wow, I like this <laughs> garage more and more. I think yeah. I'm coming over so, to do a recon. Well, you say maybe that there's like a whole uh, eco like ecosystem, cultural ecosystem that goes with the bike scene? And would you say that? Yeah, like a cultural ecosystem. Is it? You mean it goes full circle? What do you mean by that? Are we, are we, is cultural it like ecosystem and, and rainwater. Do you mean like an environmentally f friendliness? Recycle their. No, you their, don't mean that. No. Okay, look. Anywhere you go, where you find a bike scene, you're gonna find certain things sprouting up around the bike scene. Go. So ice cream shop, place to eat, co-ops, kitchens. No. Uh, we're, I thought we're, we're just Girl, reforming it at, now, right? Non-profits. Like you're gonna find home, like homemade beer. Homemade beer. Everywhere you have a bike scene, you're gonna find homemade beer. I, th I think it has to do with the chemistry part of it. They, they understand how, I, the, how you and can the, do that. the DIY nature of, yeah. of. And it's always smart people. So smart people, after all, go, hey, why are we? I don't need to pay a lot of money for that. Yeah, why are we investing eight, uh, four bucks a glass on something we can make for thirty cents? You Usually know. If you, got a bunch of people that are building their own bikes, you know, uh, freak bikes and tall bikes. You, they're also probably brewing some beer in the back, too. But you can pretty much count on that. So maybe it's just beer. Maybe there's no nothing else in the ecosystem. But no. Well, Chicken Leather did some art on his shirt. No, screen I, actually... Screen printing? It's, it's funny. This one? Yeah. This one? This is from Bike Winter 2000-whatever, and it was really cold. So you can guess how, how far I had to dig in my closet for this, like... My, it's not set up color coordinator or anything, though I am. You have to describe it. I do have the blue. Okay, one. it's blue. Uh, it's baby blue. It's very pretty. It's this like is the a color of the black sky. Black woman sidekick. And kind it of has red and white stripes. Oh, it's very Christmassy. And on the chest, it has a. Um, it says "Bike Winter," and it looks like it's embroidered with uh, yarn. This is this is the real dig into fashion uh, here. Now he's taking this off for the first layer. Shirt. This is my rock and roll itcher that, that played at one of our benefits. And you'll have to notice this is the only reason. See. Peanuts. Yeah. That's Which a nice is, shirt, I'm actually. A, I'm a sucker for it's an old the baseball Charles Schultz, t -shirt. Uh, what do they call that? The, the night, we are relying heavily on visuals right now. Yes, it, we are. You're a, you're a good <laughs> Grinch, Charlie Brown? or am I, I'm mixing. Let's go back to the cultural sort of ecosystem like of, the, of the bicycle George world. George Bailey and, 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 and Christmas and everything all the other. About her, her, Okay, so no, no. So homemade, so homemade clothing. So clothing comes from having to, you know, shorten your pants. She does, she does, and she does an incredible job. And she was the first one. In fact, wait a minute, we can do this because the other dirty shirt in my bag, because I never clean out my bag. Yeah, Jen Diamond is a fashion designer, and you know, in the more of a yeah, and that that whole she does it for the bike community has great. And because we're using words that are that are five dollars, that whole ecosystem of 
fashion that she does. Uh, her, what is it? Lars did the original winter. bike boom, which was the original like calendar for all, everything that sort of morphed into uh, uh, this 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 area of of, uh, <laughs> of creativity and and just what further became the Midnight Riders and everything. She did this T-shirt in 2007. I, it doesn't seem that 2007 was that long ago. I always think it was like last Tuesday, and then somebody has to remember it's going on 2012. Okay, just in a remember couple that weeks. you're describing it as if we can't see it. Well, okay, I'm describing something, but everybody's seen the shirt. It's basically a polar bear on a unicycle, and it says "Bike Winter Los I've Angeles 2007." You've never seen the shirt. Okay, let me nope. let me give the background for this, and then Borfo can sort of chime in. I wasn't before here we get to in, this year's toy ride. She wasn't even born in 2007. <laughs> That's what April's telling us. In 2007, Bike Winter came to Los Angeles, and, and Bike Winter grew out of Bike Summer. Bike Summer used to go from city to city, and I think Portland had it one year, and then New Haven had it the next year. Or, or we were going to have it with New Haven, and somebody said, well, who cares about L.A.? Yeah. And L.A. had Bike Summer, and it worked so well that in, in five or six months, everybody got together again, and they said, Hey, you should come over to Baseworks when it was over there, and they used to brew beer there and build bikes. But that was because of Tristan. Um, and by who, the way, uh, this, and that's not working. Oh, okay. Uh, th- by the way, this winter is uh, the the Ange- uh, Los Angelopes are are, yeah, are grabbing uh, quite a bunch of, uh, of events that are going to be happening for Bike Winter this year. And, and uh, absolutely, let's talk about that. And um, I don't know a lot of the different events. I, I, I saw a list of them, and they sounded amazing. Um, we have to get to that side of town. Everybody thinks of, of you know, uh, um, Glenn, what is it, Inglewood as being like the pit on the backside, the carbuncle on the backside of humanity, which is one of my favorite phrases. But um, they're not. They're just in Inglewood. And everybody used to go to Inglewood for the Lakers before they <laughs> decided that, oh, it's too dangerous all these white people don't want to go out there. We're going to have to move it downtown. And it's like, what? You're moving it from like semi-scared to like semi-semi-scared. So if people don't know about the Los Angelopes. They're, they're a crazy bunch of animals that uh, I love. And uh, they, they have a big warehouse that they live in. And, and right. uh, they work on bikes. They build freak bikes. They all, most of them, I think every single one of them ride a, ride a tall bike at one point. I think there's something going on with Angela. Yeah, they, their motto used to be, we want to put a bike on top of your bike, which is kind of like, everybody sort of says, is, is that a, like a sex thing? It's kind of provocative. No, it's a bike thing. Yes, it is provocative. So I think... Uh, That's the point. Right. I was leading into the this year's bike winner is kind of coming back hopefully and and uh, will yeah. take off and the Angelopes have are, are are I don't know if they're leading it but they're 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 bringing a bunch to uh, to it. So uh, we the polar bear has been sort of designated as a designated winter driver, but he's he's getting less and less land out there. So I, I'm thinking polar he's going to get any love. Yeah, I think he's going to need. We might see a polar bear on a tall bike. Yeah. Oh, and, and April's going, oh, I think the polar bear knows how to ride a bike if he can do a, a unicycle. So maybe really, maybe we'll talk to <laughs> Jen Dye. <laughs> yeah, but going back to bike clothes, uh, Jen Diamond and, and, and all those, I'd like to see more uh, bicycle clothing out there. And, and uh, like Ashira used to make those patches. Yeah. And I, I'd like to see a lot more of that. That, that was great, you know. That really uh, topped it. Yeah. Well, without without uh, 
sort of prying anybody in the last mar- minute shopping and stuff. I know that the um, the Flying Pigeon had a whole bunch of fifty percent off riding stuff, but you know what? I I wanted. I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> to say that. And I yeah, they're closing too early for me. I mean, <laughs> the Bike Collective is going to be open longer than them today. But what I want to say is. Um, you know, this this might be a place that you don't have to. If you're like me, I, I usually just find an old bike shirt and try to semi-wash it, you know. I, I do one of those girl things, like, you know how girls used to, like, when they stay over at your place, the next thing you know, you, you get up in the morning and it's like you went to go wash your face and you find, like, underwear in the basin sort of soaking. It's like, why does it always have to soak in the basin? Why can't it soak in the bathtub or something? Yeah, it's getting personal, but that's how it is. If you don't mind me saying that, I wanted to mention how... Um, I just kind of found out about all these events, and I usually sp- spend most of my time looking at what's happening on Midnight Riders' uh, website. I don't know. I mean, there's Facebook, but I, I don't really use that anymore. I'm, I'm just kind of sick of it. And uh, Fr- Friendster for me, but they took it off the air. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so my, my oh point my is... Gosh, we have a call. Oh, yeah. No, no, but go yeah. ahead. Finish uh, the Yeah, my point is, is that I just think that there should be a... More of a, a, a universal community yeah. that people can uh, get their information. I mean, we used to have Bike Boom, uh, yeah, that, that, that Lars, ours. which yeah. is Jen's yeah. uh, um, boyfriend. Yeah. So we got uh, Don Uh-oh. on the line. You want to pull it up? Uh-oh. Hey, Don, guess who we have in the studio? Yeah. Uh, Joe Borfo? Joe Borfo. Hey, <laughs> yeah. um, uh. uh, The reason I, I wanted you to call was because we're, we're talking about the Angelopes. Yeah. And I thought that you knew about something they're doing today? Yes. Do you want to tell us about it or talk <laughs> Is about it the today? Um, yeah, the Angelopes are Los Angelopes. They um, build the most insane freak bikes in all of <laughs> the land. It's true. They're like, they're like uh, evil bike freak elves. They are definitely evil. They're definitely they're evil. evil. They do a lot of evil stuff, but they also do a lot of fun stuff. Because evil is fun. <laughs> I think you need your coffee, Don. I know. <laughs> um, how, was, how was the ride last night? The, uh, that uh, O-Snap did, yeah. <laughs> it was like an impromptu last-minute ride that uh, got thrown together. What? You, you get a good turnout? Yeah, actually, that dude... Um, He's like a, you know, he's like a rising, he's on the rise, man. That guy throws some really good rides, and, uh, I mean, that dude threw, you know, he posted the ride, and, like, a couple hours later, bam, there was a whole crowd there, so that was cool. I stopped by, dropped off some pizza slices, and uh, went on my merry way. That's nice. Hey, uh, uh, before you called, I was starting to mention and whine and complain about Facebook. I don't really like to use it anymore, and I noticed that most people get their information about things happening in the bike community from there. And I, uh, you know, I just barely hear about stuff on Midnight Riders last minute, and so I just I was thinking I, I miss you know when Midnight Riders used to be like the forefront or bike boom, you know, uh, of all the information that people got in the bike community of uh, events going on and. Uh, I, I think the fact that everything gets posted on Facebook kind of just uh, domineers it, and it just—it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, um, there was a period of time when 
uh, Midnight Riders was the like the major just chat hub conversation place. It was it was really happening, and then Facebook kind of uh, Facebook kind of took over. And Facebook's awesome because it has a lot of great tools for social networking, but at the same time, it feels like it's like really claustrophobic. Like, you know, you you have your network, and it's it becomes a little difficult to to discover new. Yeah, and it's like it's like this whole commercialization of friendship thing that just kind of bugs me. But um, I just. It's it's just unfortunate that that's the way things are going. I, I'm hoping that there's more of a you know do-it-yourself community thing like Midnight Riders that can you know or or a calendar you know the universal calendar that that everybody can come to to get that info like like Bike Boom and and and, and like uh, Riders site used to be. It still is, but it's just uh, it just doesn't seem to be on the forefront anymore. Yeah, there, I mean the rides are still being posted. Um, it's the forum that that feels. You know, a little bit dead. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what what to do about that because most of the conversations have moved to Facebook. But like I said, like in Facebook, you are kind of isolated because you just have your friends. Yeah, circle. It, 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 there's certain circles that only get yeah. you know. So Whereas that's what I'm saying. You know, would I kind be of like you know anybody could get on there and and discover it and be part of it. I don't know. It just feels yeah. like. Like the like bike winner stuff, you it, know. It wasn't an egalitarian kind of thing. I don't know if you heard Paul. He was saying it's not very egalitarian. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's who's in, who's up there? Uh, Chicken leathers here, and uh, I'm sorry. This is uh, Nick. Nick of bike April. and April of bike talk. Uh, okay. Hi everybody. And uh, this is the Reverend Joe Borfo that is uh, guest appearing for a little while that annoyed the hell out of everybody and and. Uh, I just uh, I wanted to. We were, they were talking about uh, bike clothes, and I, I and that was something that you you do too. You you uh, you uh, do the screen printing. Yeah, screen printing. Yeah, and I I'm glad that uh, you're still doing that. I still don't. There's, there's not a lot still going on. You know, like Jen Diamond used to make clothing, and the Shira. I was just like, I don't see that stuff anymore. What's going on? Huh. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Hmm. hmm. Oh, is is the bike community dying? Is that what you're saying? I don't Joe know. Bike? It's just I think uh, it's coming. It comes and goes in waves, but uh, you know there were good things in the past that happened that uh, that uh, I, I I hope to see come back. I, I bought a Los Angeles shirt. Yeah, um, we, we got another one from but, yeah. but let him talk about the event today with Angelos. Um, yeah, Don, we know the event today with the Angelos. Could you uh, yeah. tell us about it? Well. We've got, it starts out with a uh, with uh, the bike swarm it's meeting at Mustache Bridge. Swarm. Where is Mustache Bridge? Mustache Bridge is um, over there in Marina del Rey. Do you know the Bayona Creek bike path? I do. I do. I've been I've been there once. Yeah. It. it um, when you're heading towards the beach. From uh, Culver City on the Bayona Creek bike path, you go straight um, into Marina del Rey, and there's this bridge that you come to where you have to make a left. Okay. Otherwise, you go right off into the ocean. Oh. And 
That bridge is called Mustache Bridge. Everybody's meeting there at 1.30. 1.30. And then we're going to go down to the uh, to the beach, and the, the sand at certain times of uh, the month, I think, is, um, you know, it's like hardened sand, so you can actually ride on the sand. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say it was like for the, oh, wait a second. I, I hit the uh, speakerphone. Hold on. I thought you were going to say that it, uh, it uh, it's like in uh, in the in the in the east, um, you know, not the far east, but like Daytona Beach. Well, you get Daytons in there, and so it makes it like a red tide. In uh, um, you know, with the seaweed, it's like red and green, which is kind of like the two colors for for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that happens too. Uh, <laughs> so hardened sand—that's all you yeah, need for bike bicycle. races. Yeah. Freak bike races. All right, freak bike races. Sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah, no-brainer. Do that, yeah. and then afterwards, there's crank mob, crank miss carols. Oh. So crank mob is going to go sing crank miss carols to you. Sounds sounds really festive. Yeah, imagine like you know a thousand bike riders rolling up to your crib and we we tried to do a sing along ride. Basically, nobody could carry a tune, not even to like classics. Like I tried to get people to sing uh, my 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 generation by the Who, and that was really hard. Nobody knew my who, generation by the Who. Nobody knew who the Who were, and nobody yeah. knew who the Beastie Boys were. You That's can't, you sad. won't, you don't stop. So. There's no sure shot in there anymore. But somebody knew Pelham one two three, and uh, no, it's one of the lyrics in there. It's a it's a it's a it's a subway line in New York. That should tell you where our audience is. But anyway, uh, it sounds like fun. Yeah. All right, Don. I they're they're pointing at me that I should hang up because I'm saying nothing else. No, it's not it. We got a call. We're getting another call. It's as as. Uh, as it gets to be shenanigans in here again. Don, uh wanna thank you and um what one last thing, what are you hoping for in in bike culture in the next year? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um well bike culture has to you know actually what we have is a is a full calendar of Midnight Rider's concept rides coming up. Cool. Um, I'm looking forward to <laughs> we got the Snuggie ride. That's the next ride. <laughs> All right, Snuggies. The Snuggie ride. I wish I had a Snuggie last night on this bike. I would have gotten there, I think. It's going to be great. All We're right. going to have one big, giant Snuggle puddle. I'll, I'll be leading yeah. that. Borfo says he wants to lead that. But it's that guy, Roadblock, yeah, who planted that, planted that I seed. <laughs> People are talking about it, too, Borfo. You planted great. the seed. You, you you made me handle it. He said you planted the seed. You made him handle it. Yeah. All right. Uh, here. Then we got They Live. They live. Yeah. I, you know, I worked on that movie. Did you really? I really did. I, they, they had Holy one. Holy Johnny's, man. That, you gotta, but, you gotta but, be a part of that. Then. No, believe it or not, this is the funny part of this. It was like we were all John Carpenter fans, and I go, I'm never gonna work on that. It, we, we sort of saw it as like the high end of the low budget. And at one point, um, a good friend of mine, uh, Stephen Holman, who's, uh, still around doing art, he, he lives in Highland Park, and we see him. Just to make a long story even longer, he was the art director on this, and he goes, Hey, what, what, what are you doing next week? you want to work on something for the holidays? And I go, Yeah, yeah. I said, can, What are you? Are you, are you 
Bob Cratchit, and I'm I'm supposed to be the little tiny Tim. Please, please, I need some work this this Christmas holiday. So I can buy presents. He goes, no, it's nothing like that. We just need somebody to fake a a whole uh, uh, shopping center to look like it's possessed. And I, I didn't understand what he was saying, but if you've seen the movie, it's all the ones that say work eight hours, play eight hours, sleep eight hours, that kind of thing, and obey and stuff. I'm the guy that folded up all those boxes for like three days, but there was like a crew of it. It was ridiculous. Huh. Yeah. That, that ride is the 99th Midnight Riders ride, and it's kind of uh, <laughs> yeah, ironic. It's, it's, it's a, the, the 99% kind of ties into that, I think. Oh, and, uh, God. I think it's such an awesome concept, and it's sure, going to be a... Uh, why, why can't those kids get a job? I know. It's going to be George a, Bailey, why, why can't they what, get what a job? What do you call that a... Uh, a scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah, a scavenger hunt ride. All right. Yeah, well, we're, we've totally gone over the limit, and the person has probably hung up from calling us. So, but oh, well, thanks hey, for all that. Okay, here we go. And I'll go get a cup of coffee. All right, peace out. All right, see you guys. Yeah. All right, it is Bike Talk here on Kill Radio and KPFK on the podcast. And right now, because uh, we want to take this call and field it before we put it on, we're going to play a little bit of the Los Angeles arriving at the toy ride here on Talk is still cheap. Uh, kill radio. Bye, talk. And this is everybody coming. That's ridiculous. I love it. So for those uninitiated with the toy ride, what we do is collect toys for for the kids, and um, we all meet downtown. All the rides meet. It's called All City Toy Ride, and we meet all over. I'd love to say the five points, so there's probably like 20 different points in Los Angeles, Northeast Los Angeles, Long Beach, Culver City, the West Side, the East Side. They all meet downtown and uh, at the... Was it Plaza de Los Angeles, also known as Alvera Street? And we ride from there to the to the toy ride. And here is this week the Los Angeles. Somebody had a full ass surfboard that they put two wheels on. Pretty incredible. I love as the Angelopes arrived, somebody yelled, "Take a shower!" Yeah. So there's going to be a, a little bit of this, and then we'll get back to some real. The good, this is the good, more or less, on the ride. We'll get to the gray areas on the ride. Coming up here on Bike Talk. Hey, how you doing? How are you? Mike, good to see you. Happy holidays. <laughs> you think you guys can weld a kickstand with all that shit, huh? There's a surfboard coming across. Oh, the so, so... That he was, if you can imagine a tall bike with the bottom section being this the surfboard, and where we would have the top on a normal bike, that's where the surfboard is, and it extends the the frame now from being, uh, I think that's a regulation, old school eight foot surfboard, somewhere between a seven and eight foot surfboard uh, that he's drilled through, and now the top section is the top bike. Here it is. Oh, here it is. And we're here this with is the guy. rad. I guess he built it. Now, what's your first name, sir? Rex. Rex built this bike. Check it out. 
It's, a it's so cool. I wish you guys could see it. I'm going to try to take a picture of it. Damn it. Drat. Can we cast on the radio? Yeah, but we don't need to. So it's a tall bike, and the surfboard is where the weld is. It's kind of in the, at, at your hip. And then he had some really small At my shoulder. And he even complained. He says, I wonder what... That's funny. Well, well, the Los Angeles are notorious for doing other things once they get to an event, like uh, jump rope, or in this case, hula hoop. And it was kind of cool. People showed up in every kind of thing. They had little kitty bikes strapped to their backpacks. But uh, I uh, I stopped using the old school because I couldn't get any more tape for it. Analog 8mm in uh, high 8 uh, video cameras, and you can really tell the difference because it's really dark. I'm having to open up the shutter. I loved it. It looks like you're... On crack or something. It's really good. <laughs> you get a lot of streaks slowing this down, and as luck would have it, Borfo's on the screen now. Okay, video on the radio isn't working. So what we're going to do now is, as this we're getting really a challenge out here. Yeah, now there's ambient noise yeah, we're gonna, from outside. We're going to advance this just a little because this, this is how we roll here on, on Kill Radio. Um, I just got to... Rev Phil from Bike Spot. Because, as we all know, you can't get on without your Christmas porn. And that's coming up. Rev Phil emailing us as we speak. Rev Phil is the guy who does Bike Smut. Is he, is he in Los Angeles now? Tell him to call Chicken Leather at the bike oven today. Uh, bike Smut is the, um, the bike porn film festival. And he wants to know of a venue in L.A. that they can use when they get Probably here. Probably. Last year we used Toe, but Toe, as we know, is no longer with us. Or was it two years ago? All right. Well, the reason we put on these these uh, video things... For the, for the, the listening audience... This would be, you know, they don't know what is going on. The ride is leaving to ride through the city. I'm going to support Nick. It's kind of boring. <sighs> These fellas, they don't know true cinema. So the ride is afoot if we're going to use terms that you all understand, like uh, Sherlock Holmes for the holidays. The ride is afoot as it makes its way down Spring Boulevard. Let's listen in. The new green line provided a festive kind of outing for us.
I'm doing very good, thanks. Um, we got another call. Okay. We um, heard that you organized some rides over there. The this East is... Uh, yes, I've actually been organizing rides uh, on the East Coast and, and kind of all over for a number of years. Um, I started off uh, organizing alley cat races um, in like around 2005, and then as I got older... I started doing more like fun rides, and um, I have a line of women's cycling apparel, so I started doing these things called style rides, and I uh, was introduced to some other women here in New York who were doing the same thing, so we've kind of got, um, you know, like a little group going where uh, there's a woman named Kim Burgess who has kind of taken all of that on as a regular uh, ride, and so that kind of happens throughout the year, but particularly around Bike Month when we do um, the ladies program, so it's a lot of women-themed uh, bike rides, so I've kind of gone from, you know, uh, bike messenger stuff to, to girly lady rides. <laughs> wow, you, you so you're really, you know April from Chicks on Bikes, of course, yeah. right, because that's who we connected. It's like, uh, you're perfect for Chicks on Bikes. But, oh, um, definitely. Yeah, no, I've been, I've, uh, I've had the, the privilege of being on her show once and uh, getting to know her a little bit. I was out in L.A. about a month ago. Um, so we were really going to talk to you about holidays. Okay. Um, and what's your last name? My last Nano? name is Varnado. Nano Varnado. And, and do you have, like, an online presence that people can... Uh, Yes, I do. I have, uh, well, I have two different projects. I have the apparel project, which is just at nonavarnado.com, and then I have a uh, collaborative women's cycling magazine called thebirdwheel.com. And what, and what goes on there? On the uh, it's, I kind of like to describe it as like, uh, an online culture magazine for all things women, bike, and awesome. Uh, it's collaborative, so I get, you know, posts and submission and content from a wide variety of people all over the country. Um, and a lot of it is educational and a lot of it is entertainment, but there is like, you know, sometimes because of the, the way cycling is, something policy or advocacy oriented creeps in there. There's been a lot of, you know, exciting developments on all over. And, um, so you're, you're like the ultimate Chicks on Bikes guest, really, I think, because it's that's so much what April does. But um, what what um, tell us tell us what you're doing the next ride that you're doing. Uh, um, the, the next mm -hmm. ride is uh, we're actually going to try to do a series of winter rides um, because New York has this reputation of being impossible and you know terrible to ride in in the winter. And other than our unseasonably warm weather, it's actually not that true. Um, I grew up in the Midwest where, you know, they only close the elementary schools at, like, negative 40 below. <laughs> so, you know, New York winters are really not that bad. Um, and with as many booties and gloves and everything that, that you can easily get, um, it's actually it's quite easy to both commute as well as just go on pleasure rides. And so what we wanted to do was really kind of make that visible by doing, you know, style rides in the middle of winter where, you know, everyone else is kind of wearing their black jacket and kind of shuffling around, and there's going to be a giant troop of brightly colored and, and pretty ladies uh, riding their bicycles. Is this in New York? 
Yeah. Like city? Uh, yes. I'm based out of Brooklyn. Uh, Kim's based out of Manhattan. So we, we usually either stick to, if it's a Thursday night ride, we usually go to galleries um, or like maybe the High Line. Uh, so we mix up the indoor uh, destinations. That way, you know, you get off your bike for a little while, see some art, get warm, um, you know, mix it up. Um, so they say that women are the indicator species of biking. I'm sure you hear that all the time. Yeah. Um, so it, it must just make people feel really good to see you guys riding around. It's fun. We get a lot of people asking what we're doing because um, they assume that we're either on some charity ride or that there's, you know, it's New York. There's like either a movie or like a Broadway show or something happening. And, you know, when we tell people like, no, we're just, you know, playing dress up and riding our bicycles. Um, you know, we, we usually get like some, some interesting reactions. <laughs> yeah. Do people like try to follow you around and get on your ride? Um, well, we pretty predictably have some, some, uh, males who will, you know, get kind of excited about following us around. Yeah. And they're totally welcome to as long as they have a bike and they, you know, want to have a good time mm-hmm. with riding a bike and, you know, joining the program, but, um, yeah, it's, right now it's not just women, but just by nature of kind of the organizers in our group of people, it's mostly women, um, but it's been really fun to see guys kind of come out, and they really, they come out usually through the tweed ride, or you always have, like, that one guy with an awesome sense of style, and he's like, oh, you, you're doing the ride for me. <laughs> uh, we have somebody here who does the tweed ride. Yeah. Um, so how many f- rides like this are there? You have the Tweed ride, you have your ride, and it's basically f- like, you know, I mean, what what kind of ride is that? A fashion ride? I, I always call them style rides style because, ride. you know, my thing with Tweed, and I think Tweed's great, um, you know, I think it's reviving a lot of really cool fashion stuff, and I think it's reviving, like, a lot of things that are really good, but... Um, I've always felt like, who who is it for anyone to tell me what style is, what being really stylish on a bike is? It could be anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be spandex. It could be wool. It could be something else entirely. And so what I really like about the uh, style rides that we do here in New York is that it encourages people to dress up in any way that they enjoy. And I think that's different than the Tweed ride, which says, here's a format. Yeah, um, and so, like, what, what can you get into a little more detail about, like, what kind of things we might see on one of your style rides? Um, well, we definitely occasionally see, like, the odd uh, feather boa, which, you know, is always kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sparkles are very popular. Like, sparkles are, like, a really big theme in, you know, the holidays. Um, and, you know, it's very popular in, like, women's fashion right now. So you get a lot of glittery kind of things. Um, and you also kind of get that, you know, like I went to the back of my closet and found the most eccentric dress I could. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, it's sort of, uh, wacky. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit more wacky. Um, sometimes, uh, we'll put together a theme, but it's really like basic, you know, where it'll just, you know, it'll be like burr and, you know, the, the theme is like snow or cold or something, which we're all going to, you know participating because everybody's wearing mittens and booties and stuff. Um, so what what's your day job? Oh, my day job is uh, my apparel line, and I do Internet consulting stuff. So, 
Cool. Um, and what? Hey, would you follow any like bike blogs or anything like that in New York? Like or? or oh yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know my uh, I guess my brother in blogging, you can say, is uh, Mike Green. He does bike blog NYC. Uh huh. And uh, another person who uh, Kim works with a lot is a woman named Susie Wunsch, who has a blog called Velo Joy. And one of my good girlfriends, Vanessa, has a really beautiful blog called For the Love of Bikes. Uh-huh. Oh, I will have to check these out. Um, and you do a blog. Yeah, The Bird Wheel. Right. Did you mention that already? Like, uh, like it's The Good Wheel? Yeah, The Bird Wheel. It's a... Uh, it's, Moving from this last year, it was sort of a, a blog format, and now we're updating it to be a magazine format, so it should be pretty exciting to see how that goes. All right. I want to try to link to all this stuff. And tell us about Cranksgiving. Oh, Cranksgiving went great. Um, it is now, and I forget how many cities it is, but it has expanded beyond you know its original beginnings, I believe, in New York 13, 14 years ago. And is now, you know, in at least as many cities all over the country. Some of them are more or less well organized. Um, you know, your big cities, New York and San Francisco, um, have enough momentum and they have like big, strong, single organizers that, you know, everyone knows that, you know, Ken Stanek is the organizer in New York and everyone knows that Jenny O. Hatfield is the organizer in San Francisco. But in other cities like L.A., um, I noticed that there were actually three Cranksgiving rides that were all kind of spontaneously organized. And that's great because I feel like that is really growing um, both cycling and an awareness of grassroots-level charity because all of these are rides where uh, people go out and they get food. And at the end of the race, you know, the winners are people who brought in the most food. Um, And it's all donated to local pantries. Um, I've I've been on a couple of those rides. We got uh, we got somebody here in the studio named Chicken Leather who's uh, who probably has two. Can he ask you? Can he say a word to you here? Real yeah, quick? that'd be great. Uh, I I noticed. Hi, good morning. I I noticed first of all that uh, we didn't really uh, sort of identify when you called it. We just sort of threw you on the air. <laughs> but but one one of the things. Um, we were we were talking about bike fashion and stuff, and I'm just wondering about, uh, without sounding too rude, what what you're wearing in New York right now. Because as you said, you said it's unseasonably warm, but the cold is coming up, right? Yeah. Um, well, honestly, I am wearing um, a vintage polyester dress uh, with tights and uh, you know, beetle boots <laughs> and uh, and mittens. Cla- classic bike wear. Anywhere yeah, totally. In the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but the the thing we always hear about New York is how they've increased all their their bike infrastructure. Uh, Janet Sadik Khan is that it or Sadik yeah. Khan and and has done everything. We're wondering, do you ever see these people out riding around? Do you ever see the mayor and his crew like, hey, that's the mayor's crew taking taking the, you know, Avenue of the Americas? What what's going on, man? Or or do you ever see really any of your politicians out there writing because we joke about it the only time we ever see them is we have an event out here called Ciclovia that we, uh-huh. we see them out every once in a while but uh well there's also a rumor that mayor bloomberg actually takes the subway but there's what eight to ten million people in new york and i've just <laughs> never run into them 
Um, you know, and I've taken both the subway and bike, and I've never seen them. But, you know, Sadiq Khan is kind of famous for doing interviews on a bike, um, and that's something that I really respect. I like that she does that. There's been multiple sort of New York Times articles about writers who are like, having never ridden through a city on a bicycle, my mind was thoroughly blown. And, you know, there's a lot of people who kind of think that, their position is privileged, and, you know, journalists are just as guilty of it. Um, that almost sounds so, like Hemingway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, so just just seasonally, if if anything, um, everybody always hopes for a white Christmas, but it looks like this year it's, it's, uh, it's either going to be horrible white Christmas or just the opposite. It's, it's uh, no Christmas at all, no snow or anything, huh? Well, you know, that's always a risk, and it's probably quite likely what with global warming at all. I mean, it was 60 degrees the other day, and, you know, between that and, like, the fluctuations of of weather here, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, cyclists always have to pay attention to is, I mean, just because I look out the window and it's sunny and, you know, it was a certain temperature yesterday, that, like, that predictability has totally gone out the window. I, I practically have to go outside to... Or, you know, or look at my, my smartphone to know what I should be wearing or, you know, if I need to overdress or underdress. It's just, it's completely out there. Yeah, it, you don't need a weatherman to tell which way the wind blows, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it, yeah, it, I think that culturally the, how people handle weather is much different in New York than it is in L.A. You know, yeah. whenever I'm out there, everyone's got, like, the weatherman on, and they're like, it's sunny and beautiful again, no. everyone. <laughs> no, we, we have these things called storm watch, which makes it seem like acid rain is going to melt away your car, and you're going to oh. be left with your bicycle. And it's like I look at people and go, dude, who, who cares? I mean, this big thing last week was we had a tanker truck. Its brakes got locked up, produced a fire. The fire blew up the tanker truck. And, of course, it couldn't be, like... Just normally, like on the freeway, burning up. It had to be under an overpass. So oh my now, God. one freeway, one freeway overpass on the other side of town blocks up traffic everywhere. So it it kind of just contributes to the fact that, you know, it just shows you how bad the infrastructure here is that they've planned around. Yeah, the car. It's a great savior and everything. How bad it is if one car, one tanker truck blowing up, like how many miles away is going to just screw it up for you? Uh, over here and what was really funny is people said well how'd you get around and they go well we, we took our bikes and public transportation they go no and then they were asking people how are you going to get to work tomorrow and they go well, i'll probably have to get on the train like like that wasn't the the great idea to begin with so yeah well we had a huge um we had a transit strike a number of years ago and i was i remember i was working at a, a technology company and it was like, you know, the holidays and, and everybody was kind of freaking out because there's always deadlines and the train's not working and you have to get to, you know, how are you going to get there? You know, because it's like, you know, in the same way like L.A., you just have this great expanse. Like in New York, everything's so entrenched. You know, you're like every block is a fight and if it's snowing, forget it. And I remember we had one of our developers roll in and he rolled in early. And I always rode to work. No one else did. And the one day where there's, like, a huge, like, shutdown and everything, he comes in early, has a brand-new folding bike. He said, it seemed like the most obvious and simple solution to me. He's like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it because, you know, here's someone who's not a bicyclist, you know. He's not part of the, uh, you know, the group of people who are really passionate about it. He was just a guy Poor who needed needs. to get to work and, you know, saw a, a clean solution to it. So 
I'm hoping that that kind of thing happens a lot more and not just in like the big cities, but all over the place where it just seems kind of like common sense that if you don't want to deal with this muck, you can just ride around it. Huh. Uh, hi, now, now this is um, Reverend Joe Borfo, and uh, I've been, I'm here listening with uh, Chick Leather and Nick, and uh, I, uh, I'm interested about uh, New York, uh, what, what the state of critical mass is, and if you participate in that. Um, honestly, I can't really speak to that myself. Uh, Mike Green from Bike Blog NYC uh, would be an excellent reference for that. Um, I'm supportive of critical mass in and that I think that it has largely accomplished its original mission. Um, and I know that they are still working with a, an organization called Time's Up. And Time's Up does a lot of community rides. It isn't just uh, critical mass. Right. They have rides for every holiday, for every rhyme and reason just to get people out on bikes. Um, and I think the idea is that we've gone beyond a big show of strength where you need to, you know, get the cops involved and everything else. And now it's more like, no, you can just get on the bike at any time. It should be part of a lifestyle, and it's no longer an us-versus-them sort of thing. Okay. Well, then, that sounds like you're on the same page as Los Angeles because uh, we're, we're trying different approaches. Uh, I mean, the, the police have taken over our our current critical mass and it's become uh, a parade of police and and uh, it's uh, no longer the the same feeling it used to be and of course like you said I agree critical mass has accomplished quite a, a bit uh, and uh, and I know that New York had a lot of problems uh, with the police as well um, I I had uh, uh, myself uh, has, uh, led some uh, rides that. Um, were, were to kind of change the, the method of critical mass, in, in, not to change critical mass, but to have an alternate style of uh, uh, dealing with critical mass. And, and, and like you said, it's just like a smaller rides that, that uh, happen uh, near the same time, but uh, have you know, less of an impact on, on the people that, uh, negatively that, that uh, regular critical mass does. But uh, anyhow, I just was wondering if... Uh, if it's still going on strong, or if if the police have killed it, or or, or what 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 the state is, but uh, like you said, you you're not really sure. Yeah, no, I know that they're still going on. They they still sort of uh, recruit. There's a critical mass is both based out of Manhattan as well as Brooklyn, and you know there may well be ones in other places, but those are the ones that I'm sort of peripherally aware of because they're they're scheduled every single month. You know, the last Friday or Saturday. You know, obviously, uh, not my my arena. Okay. Well, thanks. I was just uh, wondering that. And uh, here's here's uh, Nick or Paul. Okay. Here, we're playing uh, round robin telephone here this morning. <laughs> but but uh, having said that, I'm I'm just wondering. We've been asking everybody today about where they where they think the bicycle kind of uh, movement is going to be moving in the next year or two. Um, where where would you like it to move? So it's kind of like where you think it's moving and where you would like it to move. Um, well, I think that the overall progression is going to be away from bicycling as recreation or sport or competition and more towards transportation and the sort of, you know, unglamorous everyday thing that, you know, certain, you know, fashion rides and things like that are trying to glamorize because I think people do need some status symbol. We don't want the the traditional view of, like, if you're riding a bike somewhere, it's because you can't afford a car. It's actually because 
it's a lot more fun and it's better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the image we get out here too a lot. It's only for recreation or because it's the holiday season. Everybody goes, what 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 does the little kid want for for Christmas? Oh, the ten year old wants a bicycle, and everybody kind of forgets. It's like, well, you know, nowadays I've rethought it, especially in Los Angeles. It's like it's easier sometimes to get around that that two mile trip on a bicycle than it is with a car and having to all the other trappings of a car trying to and everybody's heard this before on bike talk but trying to find a place to park and then you know contending with the you know all the other things in los angeles you have to contend with when you sort of designate drive yourself in a vehicle so oh yeah no i uh actually when i was in la about a month ago it was the first time that I was ever there and had a good time, and it was because I was on a bike, and I got extremely lucky. I met a bunch of uh, local people who are, you know, ride organizers and, and really active um, cyclists, and it was so much fun. I, I saw things that I never imagined seeing. Um, you know, I was actually excited about meeting up with friends for, for any reason because I knew that it wouldn't be a problem. I could just ride there. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's funny because I, I took around, uh, I always take my friends from out of town on bike rides as opposed to, to doing like the car or or sometimes they do public transportation. They say they have more fun because they can see more, they interact with people more, which I guess is oh. what people do in every other city except Los Angeles. It's like New York has gotten this bad rap about like, oh, I don't talk to anybody in New York. Oh, they got a bad attitude. I, I would... I would say that Los Angeles has now trumped New York in that respect uh-huh. <laughs> with the bad attitude. But uh, we, um, it's, it's funny because I, I think any person that can show off their city can do better on, on a bicycle. They see more. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it was actually 10 years ago now when I was just so sick of New York, I was really ready to move. You know, I thought I'd seen all the things that, that – you know, you want to discover when you sort of first moved to a city, and that it had just gotten like, you know, really, really, I wasn't, I wasn't in love with it anymore. And only one thing changed: I got a bike, and I started using it as transportation. And just getting from one neighborhood to the next, I saw things that, you know, in all the years that I had been here, I had never seen. And I realized that we do have trees, and we do have all of these cute little weird things that you never would have seen any other way. Yeah, absolutely. And um, everybody always thinks of New York as being immobile, like you were saying, when it when it snows or something. But it it really doesn't get to that point. There's still really good public transportation. That, you, I mean, they have to do obscene things to get it to that level. Uh, uh, yeah, and I mean, the fact is, is like what we saw from last year's snowpocalypse or whatever. Yeah, is that the city loses something like billions of dollars every second that like we're not in constant motion. So, I mean, there are just, like, when you go up to, like, the Bronx or you see where they they have all of their different, um, like, snow and ice and salt trucks and everything, it looks like there's an invading army. I mean, oh, the yeah. city is very, very serious about, like, keeping things moving. And, you know, if, if it gets difficult, like, wait 10 minutes, it'll change. Yeah, the big thing here in the last week or two has been the, the, the wind. There's just been a horrible wind factor here that's... It it knocked out power for a week, and people were going, you know, every other city has power after two days or something. And I'm just remembering all these places that I'm going. I said, you you should count yourself lucky. You can go out and uh, uh, it's funny because in Los Angeles, we do have a lot of solar infrastructure now, and I think it's just booming. But uh, you only hear the negative side of like, oh, uh, 
there there's all these grants that uh, the the that uh, Congress didn't go through, and there's these scandals and stuff, and they're forgetting the point that it's decentralizing the power grid, so anybody can use it regardless if there's uh, power on this one block or there's not power on the other block, and it, it's it's always great to see people that. that uh, Almost were like Boy Scouts thinking ahead, saying, you know, uh, maybe one of these days we should get solar or something. So maybe not total solar, but uh, just something to provide in, in quote, uh, an emergency or disaster or something. Well, I, w- I want to thank you for calling today with uh, oh, all, my pleasure. All, the, all the bike me. stuff. Yeah, and um, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to rush you off. It's just uh, <laughs> it is the holiday season. <laughs> Indeed it is. <laughs> And, so, you know, I, I know, actually, uh, that's one of the things that I started putting out last night on uh, Twitter, because we have a very active Bike NYC Twitter community, um, and that is, I happen to know what Santa's getting me for Christmas, so I was wondering uh, if anybody wanted to do a, a road ride, you know, later in the day. <laughs> so, Santa's getting you some uh, some bike socks, is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, you know, there's this box, and it looks just like what a bicycle might be in. Uh. Uh, it's always great to see how they dress those up, yeah. So a uh, folding bike or a real bike, it sounds like. Uh, it's probably going to be a real bike. Wow. wow. So, thanks, Santa. <laughs> Very nice. That Santa guy, he sure gets around, huh? So, okay, well, well, thank you once again for uh, calling in, and um, happy holidays to you, too. Thank you. Happy holidays. Okay. It is. Oh, I think I just hung up. <laughs> stupid, stupid. Anyway, I'm I'm still in the studio here with Joe Borfo. He's going to be around for another ten minutes or so. But we wanted to uh, touch on, and we we know we've been sort of leading up to it, the gray side of the holiday season, or I, I don't want to say black because nothing's ever really black during the holiday season. It's just hues of red and green. So this would be dark, dark, dark green, almost black. Um, we were on the toy ride. And uh, lo and behold, we actually have some uh, footage that we're going to lead into this, just like they do on the big news things. Here we go. It is uh, Kill Radio and KPFK on the podcast. You're listening to Bike Talk, and you're on the toy ride, if only for a few minutes. Yes. And uh, Chicken Leather was uh, got the camera and he's he, uh, 
It looks like two real miscreants of Midnight Rider. Oh, God. Like the, the worst of the bunch. The worst of the bunch. Will Campbell and Steve Rulli of all people. <laughs> Yeah, guy. here, wait a second. We, you're, we're going to get that little point that he just said. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to pull it up. They're giving Santa a ticket. No. I ran, a, ran a red light. Oh, God, Will. Yeah, well, you know, Santa, we never think of Santa and safety, but I guess, you know, if you're on the reindeer up there in the, the hemisphere, it doesn't really matter if you're doing uh, warp speeds or dropping back into population or something, but apparently Santa on a bike is a terrorist, yeah. especially if he's well lit in this case. I mean, Will Campbell, if you can imagine, I'm going to describe, he's got a whole suit with little LED lights on it wearing a Santa Claus suit. You would... You would never run into this guy. So we're, we're coordinating uh, him getting back on the ride. And let me pull myself down here. Him getting back on the ride, and that's why I'm trying to give him a phone number. But uh, uh, this this goes on for a good 10, 15 minutes on, on tape. And we'll, we'll lower it in the background. But basically, a lot of people had stopped to observe, and they, too, were kind of hustled by the police. So... Uh, once again, we, we touched on it with critical mass in that question to uh, uh, that uh, the young lady in New York. But here in Los Angeles, we're running into the same thing. And the only reason I've had you stick around, I know you're in a, in a hurry to get out of here too, uh, Joe, is that uh, I, I was just wondering if you could comment on, on some of the shenanigans and where you think uh, this is all going to lead to with uh, law enforcement. of of uh, large scale rides uh, in Los Angeles is going to be an issue if certain things don't change. Yeah. Like, well, particularly riding around downtown LA is is difficult because there's a lot of police, you know, ready to crack down on anything. And uh, even though Toy Ride was a festive, uh, you know, charity ride, uh, and everybody was, you know, riding safely. For the most part, there was a couple of times, you know, it's so big in the large scale ride that the, the train uh, has to make it through a, a red, you know, usually when it's safe. But in the eyes of the cops, that's not good. So that gives them an excuse to crack down. And they, they just came down on us like the SWAT team. Uh, they had 50 cop cars. And, right. And, and, you know, they're just swarming around like, you know, we just uh, are about to throw Molotov cocktails at people or something. Yeah, and, th and this is uh, what I, I raised before. It's like all these police departments, and uh, you, you saw it with the 99, uh, they're, they're really getting out there, and they've been sort of prepared for any kind of terrorist kind of happening. But in lieu of the terrorists, they still have to practice. They still have to go out there. And who's a better target than the bike community in some cases, which is really sad. Yeah. So it just means we have to change your tactics in large-scale rides. you uh, you got to make a stronger effort to stop at Reds, kind of avoid the downtown area a lot, which is unfortunate because, you know, it's great to ride around downtown L.A. in uh, a large group ride. Uh, uh, uh so what's your question to me? Is it what's my what do I? Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking, 
you know, from a safety point of issue, we always argue that it's better to drive with a lot of people, but is it is it better to ride with a lot of people and then be the only two people out of a thousand people that are pulled over? I mean, are, are we just sort of like, I, I think at one point, and this is why I always stop, that if you get enough people to stop, there's enough eyes there to finally tell them, like, look, man, you pulled over Santa Claus yeah, on the yeah. toy ride. Are, why don't you just let him go with a warning? And in fact, I think we got there for Steve. We were able to get him off with a warning. And I don't know if it was us just watching him or contributing to it, but the, lo and behold, they did give Will Campbell a ticket for this out of the thousands of yeah. people that were and on it, the ride. really put a bad taste oh, in his mouth about absolutely. rides and stuff. And it's unfortunate. I hope he I think he said up about it. He said this is the end for him. Yeah. Birth of Jesus, that's it. Next year it's <laughs> Satan. He said, no, I'm embracing the dark Lord. Yes, yeah. he knows more about this. No, but uh, let, let's that, be honest. It's, I hope he's not honest about that. Uh, no, it's, he, it's, it's, it, that's a joke. There's yeah. really, it's about, it's about, you know, the, the meaning of Christmas and stuff. And we, we think that this year, if I could give away Talk is Cheap Awards on Bike Talk, this would be the, the cheapest talk award that LAPD <laughs> did. But, uh, I I um I know I'm I'm sort of forcing the issue out of you, but do do you think? I mean, education is one part we've discussed on the thing. Maybe re-educating police to say, well, look, you know, pull over people that are really doing something that's breaking the law. Um, and I know you've you've voiced that before too. It's like there's drunk drivers all around, and they're pulling over like two bike riders that are parked yeah. on the side with a broken light or something. I think cyclists are getting singled out quite a bit by yeah. the cops, but. Um, I'm not very positive about the whole situation, and I don't want to be bleak, but I just I get yeah. more and more disenfranchised uh, every time I I see the the police treat uh, cyclists yeah. in a you know a really aggressive manner. I think I it's kind of a hopeless case to me. I, I've I've pitched my ideas to the community um, a lot of times and I don't think it gets heard or people want to or like what I'm saying and I, I'm not saying my my answer is the answer it's just I, I I really think the way rides need to change is the dynamics and, 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 and what that means is a few simple steps and number one I mean and uh, there's good examples of rides that do this for, for one of them is uh, Joseph, the way Joseph does the spoken art rides yeah, it's pretty pretty brilliant. Even though, uh, and I'm, I'm going to correct you on this. I did it last month, yay! Yeah, but it was I mean, like it's really strange because chicken leather does it. Even even but, then, you can have a leaderless ride and and still, yeah, still sort of evoke some sort of sense of, of yeah. like community with it. I mean, it's like there were all of us, and I, I don't think any of us got stopped on this ride. Right. We, we, we none of us had singing voices. But <laughs> let me let me tell you my the reasons why I think it is that that's the case and and the steps that people need to take on on group rides and and number one is people get broken up in large group rides. People, Absolutely. Because it's hard to keep light, a thousand you know, people you can't together. Keep them yeah. all together. That's why critical mass is not working right now. You got to uh, they. Everybody wants to stay with the the train, and, and in large group rides that doesn't always happen. So what you got to do is just say in advance where you're going. Say, okay, we're going to meet, and it doesn't have to be. You know, if you want to leave your surprise destination, uh, that's fine. You could just have a meet point like as a regroup spot, because yeah. people will trail behind, and as long as they know where they're going, you say, okay, we're going to meet at the corner of so and so in you know 20 minutes, or or you just say meet us at City Hall or meet us, you know. It's pretty simple to announce the destination of the group. 
Uh, yeah, Roadblock used to do that. In fact, he used to joke about it that the the first stop on his uh, uh, Wolf Pack was always somewhere not relatively far, but Wolf Pack does it clo- close enough to just regroup and, and get he, everybody together in case somebody broke I, down I or got something. Dropped, you know, three times on Wolf Pack, and yeah. I mean, I only but you, it three times, but, but you, you know where the first stop is. Yeah, you know where to go, yeah. we, and and usually by the time you meet up with them, they're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, but, which but, is okay. Which is yeah. okay. You, at least you found the group, and right. and that's a really. I think it's a key uh, uh, step. Number one, announce destination, and the other thing is get everybody to stop at the Reds. I mean, yes, of course, if there's nobody at the intersections and there's nobody around, and you know, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, we've you, all run our I've, stop signs. I've, I've, here I've, and I've there, got to some point sometimes on these rides too that uh, they they gauge them, and that's that's also a big thing too. There's a fast point, there's yeah. a sort and, of a medium, and then there's the really slow DFL yeah. people like myself. That are that are back there just to enjoy it, yeah. which is is kind of a, a different kind of. It gives you a, a twist on this. Is it really a race? Is it just something to interact with yeah. people, or are you, are you really out there to actually take in yeah. the ride, take in the environment and, and stuff? And the cops gauge them too. You know, they're yeah. they're, they're not going to pull you over if it's not like a busy intersection. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, places like downtown LA or the West Side, past you know. Uh, uh, What's that street? Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Figueroa, where, where it's like the West Sheriff takes over. That that's oh that's where oh you don't right go right in a group yeah. ride and run Reds because right. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna and, butt fuck and you. West LA too. They yeah. sort of ride you to the and, and Beverly Hills. They were actually pretty kind. We had a protest out there once, so they sort of rode us to the city line and said, "Okay, do whatever you want." So and they're meeting over at Pacific Pan Pacific, and you kind of looked at them going, "How do you know that?" And they said, "Well, we followed people there yeah, already." Yeah. <laughs> so know. if 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 Rice could just instill those two points, there are other points too, but yeah. those two points are, I think, really a big deal because people know where to go. They're not going to get lost. They're going to meet up, and they're not going to run reds trying to and and ride dangerously. Yeah, you know? I I found that on one of your rides too, it was really great. It was almost like a buddy system. You said make sure somebody else has the phone number of somebody in the ride so if you get lost you can at least call somebody yeah. everybody's got a smartphone or a cell phone yeah. you know, nowadays or or like me i still use maps yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. you know Thomas <laughs> yeah i'll give you the grid no there's that there's that cool know? ass bike map that's out there that the metro came out with and i guess they're they're making an interactive one online finally Good. they got smart after printing out like boxes of these things i gave them away to the the kids at Aragon Elementary School the other day. <laughs> it was like, yeah, here's a Christmas gift. And they're all going, oh, what is it? Toys, everything. And I, I really hated to say it's like, you know, I think I said something like it's a it's a Cartesian inter- interface. And they go, oh, man, that sounds really cool. But <laughs> having known that it was just a, a, a map or, or yeah. something, it's like pretty silly. But uh, So that's the Joe Bor- Borfo solution is 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 uh, announce the destination to stop at Reds. Well, I, I get I, Every time I say that, I either get – the blah blah blah, not listening to you, or the no, that's not right, that doesn't work. Uh, announcement right back, and nobody ever considers it or tries it. I mean, people are trying it, you know, in certain rides, but in large group rides, that's not being preached, and so that's that's what I want to tell the community is to think about doing that because it yeah. really will help um, keep the cops off our backs. And that that was my pitch to critical mass. That's what when when. I, I somehow got invited uh, to 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 meet with the cops. You know, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not a leader or anything. I just I'm, I just make a lot of noise. I'm midnight riders. Uh, when right before all the cops took 
over and started showing up at, at Critical Mass. And, and they were like, well, we're going to start following you, and we just want to know if you guys will help us, you know, know the destination of where you're going. I know, not know that. Yeah, give us the route and, and let us follow you and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, I'm like, okay, well, here's just listen to my idea and you know i told him why don't you just let me us encourage the ride to do do it a certain way and 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 stay off our backs you know yeah. just go away and it's like okay well, well we'll we'll go away after a while but uh we we just want to follow you and we want to know where you're going all that and i'm like and i i wasn't i wasn't you know it was basically they, they weren't listening to what i wanted to say i was i was basically saying let us let us just try a different approach and and, and then you know, yeah, ride with us for a second and then go away, you know. Well, but they it, didn't. And, it's and, and it's they funny because it. there's there's almost like how do you get a civility into a, a, a mob kind of uh, mindset. And it, and it's funny because I don't know how many times I've had this conversation. It's like they go, well, who's the leader here? And you go, well, it's a leaderless yeah, ride. Yeah, and then they go, that. well, then who's in charge? And we go, yeah. okay, the, it's a leaderless ride. There's really nobody in charge. Well, somebody's leading this ride. And you go, yeah, okay, maybe I, I, re- I need to rephrase this, co- this, but, this but answer that consen- you've asked me yeah. again without getting another question Critical asked Critical mass is, is ruled by consensus. You know, yes. people, people can have a voice and speak out, just like in anything. Right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a democratic uh, system. You know, people... Uh, people uh, Come up with ideas and announce it, and people say, "Yeah, that sounds great," you know. Or they get up in the front of the ride and says, "Oh, I'm going to lead it." You know, that's critical mass. It, it has it's, it's formless. It, it goes on its own. But people, consensus wise, say, "Oh, yeah, we'll do that too." You know, that's it. you got to get everybody on the same page, right? So that's how you announce the destinations. Like uh, for critical mass, you say, "Okay, how about well, not how about?" It's like we're going to go here. What does everybody think? You know, yeah. when everybody's down. Kinda, we're going to go there. You it's kind of like Yakima Kabat, that 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 uh, stunt guy trying to you know you get on the horses and and you've jumped off of the the cart and now you're on the horses trying to twist them away or stop them or you know whoa whoa and it's like that's the point I think that critical mass is sometimes it's like uh, do you really want to make that jump from the cart and know that you're just in the middle of the ride and you're okay now we're going to go this way and they're all going whoa whoa you know like wild horses or something you yeah. Know? How do you how do you redirect it? Well, uh, I, I want to thank you. And as we're saying this, the event is still going on in the video I shot where they pulled over the people. And uh, we we want to just uh, play a little bit more of it before, but we're not going to end on that horrible note. We're going to go back to uh, the first thing we started talking about, which were uh, some of the collectives here. But uh, with that being said, we're going to bring up the audio, but I want to wish happy holidays to uh, Mr. Borfo and his. Or, or as my, our friend... Dear departed tomatoes used to say, "Chismas is for pendejos," <laughs> and that that of course is the the phrase that they use in all of the uh, that's right the uh, festivist kind of terminology. It is Kill Radio and Bike Talk on the podcast, and we're back on the toy ride. It's gonna get better in a minute. Don't worry. Which way they went? 
Yeah, we'll catch him. Santa Fe and Jefferson, or uh, Olympic, or uh, uh, and of course the voice of Woody. Stop for the altercation. It's DJ Chicken Leather. Hi. Hey, got down here. That's good. Hanging with my old guard here. Is that Dan Berlant? <laughs> I see you're breaking in your roommate very slowly. He's ignoring me. Making our way towards the toys. Yeah, we, we stopped for the guy getting arrested. Hi, fellas. Here, wait a second. There's no flash on this. Oh, I dropped my... my... Thanks, man. That's really nice of you. Sorry, sir. It's my fault. It's my fault. Yeah. Hi. I've been working, actually. Are you on a pole or in the air? And you upside down? Yes. Tonight? Yeah. Really? No. At the first stop, no. and one of them hit one of the guys, and then I decided to blast through, uh -huh. and he came like running at me. So I was like, "No!" You've got to be kidding. That's so evil. Because no. I, I went back, and somebody said that's what they were doing. I said, "I don't believe." They were it. just running at people. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I heard too. And so I just went, no. Oh, that's so bad. But I got past him. I, do I dodged my first Sorry. cop in LA. Yay! <laughs> it puts a different spin on things when uh the height of the holiday season is dodging your first policeman. <laughs> it's trying to tackle you on a, on a toy ride. But uh, some people can still find the silver lining and everything. It is uh, Bike Talk here.
Uh, we want to thank you and all our guests today, George Borfo. George Borfo. <laughs> George Borfo? You and, you and that crazy sled bike? They're going to do wonderful things, yes. Joe Borfo, April, uh, the other co-host today. She's going to be here next week with uh, Chicks on Bikes, uh, probably uh, doing a big uh, clip show for the end of the year. And, of course, Nick, uh, happy holidays to our host there. And um, oh, one other person. Oh, oh, uh, New York. New York. And um, uh, calling in. And lost her name. I have Mike Green here, which is the guy she was telling us about that could tell us about critical mass, not her. Boy, I'm just batting a thousand today. It is chicken leather. Everybody has gone three ways, to, three shades north. I think they're all rushing out to uh, the big Los Angeles festivities out there at the, uh, uh, the Moustache Bridge coming up in the one one thirty hour. It is uh, bike talk here. I am uh, the host uh, now, it looks by default, uh, Chicken Leather, holding the coop together. Hey, you know, we, want, we don't want to end on that sort of dismal note about, about uh, that. So one of the things that we did do at the venue, boy, I sound like I am doing a New York production now. One of the big hits at the venue, yeah! Was Kel's band at the Toy Ride? Let's listen in. You're on the Toy Ride here. It's the holiday season. On talk is still cheap. Excuse me, bike talk.
was Kel's band. This is Bike uh, Talk. I want to thank everybody, and we'll hear more of that in the future here on Bike Talk. Thanks again to everybody that called in. Uh, once again, if you didn't get to the um, Racy's Roots uh, ride last night, you can still uh, contribute. Uh, I've talked to uh, Mr. Woody. You can get him at woodycycles at gmail.com. And he'll tell you how to shoot some money over those much-needed, that's right, kids. It is Kill Radio. Happy holidays.